join me again in looking into the New Testament, a letter to the Philippians, this fourth chapter, looking at verses 8 and 9. One more time for the reading of God's word as we prepare and continue our hearts and our ears and our mind to receive all that God has for us. Uh, Praise the Lord. I see you all there. Amen. I'm reading from the New Living Translation from this this fourth chapter of Philippians, looking at verses 8 and 9. The word of God says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Oh, glory be to God for us. Where you may be seated as you take your seat. Help me announce this to your neighbor. Tell him a holy state of mind. Amen. You know, don't leave anybody left out. If you saw somebody get shared the good news, tell them the holy state of mind. Amen. Amen. As we as we stay there, you can stay there in Philippians, but I'm also going to drop another scripture in for your meditation, for your hearing, coming from 2 Corinthians uh, 10th chapter. Uh, these verses are found in verse 3 to verse 6. It says, we are human, but we, do not, we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Again, that is found in 2 Corinthians 10, chapter, verses 3 through 6, showing that we have weapons, but they're not human weapons. They're mighty in the Lord. Anybody here know that you got mighty weapons in the Lord because we serve a mighty God? And he's showing that we are able to take any thought that's against God and make it a captive and beat it down into subjection so that it must obey Christ. Isn't that good news? I give this as a backdrop as we look into as Paul, who wrote that letter in Corinthians, writes this letter to the Philippians to let them know that you ought to dwell on these things. And so in order for us to dwell on these things, to dwell on what is, virtu- what is virtuous or what has excellence or what is morally uh, acceptable and things that are worthy to be praised, we first must have a clear mind, a focused mind that's on him. Am I talking to somebody here on this morning? Now, understanding that it's difficult, it's difficult to keep our mind stayed on him when we got the world so much in our mind. It's, it's hard to, to sit down in front of a rated R movie, watch out somebody, and, and, and think about how I love my Jesus when you see somebody getting cut open. Watch out somebody. You see somebody getting gunned down. Now you're saying, Pastor, why are you talking about my movies? I watch them too. That's how I know what's going on. But I'm saying it's difficult. Y'all, y'all, y'all with me here? I, I, I live in this world, too. I, 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 it's kind of hard to flip and watch any TV show to see things and then things that how is it? Because when you get that stuff in your mind, it stays there. And so how can I remove some of the stuff that got in there that I no longer want? And it has that happened before you flipped on the news and they show something and you missed the, the, the disclaimer that this might be graphic. And then you see what's graphic and you like, I wish I did not see that. 
Because our mind is a steel trap. It holds things there and reminds us of stuff. And that's what happens that some of you right now are being distracted from what you saw last night. And so this is what we need to do. We need to take every thought that comes against the word of God and make it become captive. And once we make it captive, we have removed it from the place it was, and we replace it where it needs to be there. It says, it says, dwell on these things. Dwell on what is virtuous or what is excellent. In other words, it's saying dwell on things that has good morale. Now, it's an interesting word to say about morals because we see in this world morals change. Y'all quiet on me. If I'm preaching hard, it'll say outs if it hurts. But I'm, I'm telling you the truth because morals change. We went from what used to be taboo to what be hello, everybody. We want to know all your news. We went to that we will keep everything within the house that now we have the TV in our house so you can be in our house. Watch out somebody. And so we live in a society now that we want everybody to know what I am doing, what you're doing, because whatever I'm doing is okay because it's good to be free. Not that free. If you look closely in this letter and Paul writes and tells them that you must have the mind of Christ. And so in order to have the mind of Christ, when I in Philippians second chapter, verse five, when I have this attitude to have this mind, to have this thought process, then I'm able to think of things that are good (laughs) because he is good. (laughs) And when I think about his goodness and all he's done for me, I get joy, joy, joy. Isn't that how the song goes? We get excited when somebody starts saying it, we start clapping, we'll start thinking about him. And you start thinking about good things. And those good things start pushing out those negative things, those bad things. And then you start thinking about the good things. Look what starts happening. You start doing good things. It's, I, I, y'all looking at me saying, why are you telling me this stuff I already know? Because you need to hear it again. Because I know I need to hear it again. That, that there's days that when I become stressed out and I become depressed and I become so negative that if I keep my mind there, the next time you see me, I'm going to have some negative things to say too. I'm going to have some, some, some not positive things, but negative things. So you want me to encourage you, but I need encouragement, so I'm going to make you feel worse. You can come and pass us a great day. could have been better. Well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You see how negativity just brings out negativity. But when you start thinking about, yes, it is a good day because God is able. Oh, my mind starts thinking about how I can make it through today, how I can push it through. Anybody here needed a time that you just needed to push through? That it was so thick, it seemed so heavy, it seemed so hard, and you just thought, I just can't make it. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to stay here. Well, let me help you think of something that's good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I, 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 just saying that made me think about good old Peter Pan. Y'all remember Peter Pan? He, he, he wanted them all to fly, knowing all they need was pixie dust, but he told them, think happy thoughts. <laughs> they were thinking happy thoughts, and, and they were flying. And it's amazing how when we just start thinking about Jesus, and it makes us happy, how we too can fly. <laughs> we can fly in the middle of storms. We can fly in the middle of pain to realize I may be crying, I may be sad, but I'm flying because he is able. They that wait upon the Lord say renew their strength. They so run and not go. They so walk not away. They so like wings of an eagle. That means you're flying. It's amazing how we, we, we can choose. Hallelujah. We can choose to not let this world weigh us down by dwelling on these things. 
to be upright, to be honest, good and moral excellence, things that are worthy of praise. You see how you see in verse 9, uh, I'm sorry, before verse 9, at the end of verse 8, it says, think of these such things. And, and, and before we, you know, we, we, depending on what translation you have, some have it beforehand, think of what is virtuous, what is excellent, what is worthy of praise. And then it goes on to what is true, what is this and what is that. But it's pointing out, you can summarize all these things are things that are good morale. That means this, that when somebody can invade your mind, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Ooh, glory. That you're not worried about what they're going to find out. You're not worried about that's sort of like how you trust somebody with your cell phone. Watch out, somebody. That you're not worried about they're going to find anything that's going to be shameful things, unethical things that you would be embarrassed of if they happen to have your cell phone. Yeah, I hit home on that one. I know I did. I know that's why I know that's why y'all quiet on me. Y'all start thinking, if somebody had my phone, what would they see? You right, what would they see? And so when we start looking about my brain, my mind, my thoughts, my heart, God is seeing everything that's there. And is he pleased? Is he is he excited with what you have? When you came to worship, when you came to praise him, your mind is so focused on other stuff. God said, How do you have any room for me? That's just like you going out to spend some time with your families and your friends. Your body is there, but your mind is somewhere else. They think, well, you should have stayed home. That's the same circumstance that God is looking at you right now. Why are you here? Did you come to forget about yourself and concentrate on me and realize that I can give you peace? You see that right there in the text, right? That he'll give you peace. The God of peace will be with you. If you need some help, go back before it says, make all your supplications known to him with thanksgiving. And the peace that transcends all understand will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Y'all look at me kind of funny. I know I'm right about this right there in the word. I'm telling you the truth that when you want to have peace, keep your mind stayed on him. So when you keep your mind on the Lord, look what happens. Look what happens. You start thinking about whatever is true because he is true. His word is true. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's amazing. So things that are truth are always going to be reliable over and over again. I heard a man say that before we had the measuring sticks that we have now, they used to have a measuring platinum rod, and this was locked up in a safe so that every measurement would be equal to that same measurement, that one scale to measure it up. And, and I started thinking about that, like how you all have to be correct, because how can every inch always measure up to the same exact measurement? Something had to be the standard so that they know that this marks off correctly. And think about when that standard was set, it was sent around and everybody knows the, the metric system or if you don't use the metric system, you use inches. So if you don't know centimeters and millimeters and meters, you may know an inch or a foot. If you don't know that, I'm telling you, go back to school. Do that one for free. And, and so when you understand the measurement, somebody had to set the standard for everything to be right. So when you're building a house, you're building a desk, you're building a table, they'll tell you to measure out this. Somebody had to have the standard that had to be exact, that had to be true. So no matter where you are, what you're doing is always going to be right. Can it help somebody out? That's the word of God. Woo! No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're going through, there's a standard that has been set that will always be right and it will be true. And that's the word of God. So in other words, keep your mind on his word. Oh, what does this word say when somebody's getting on my last nerves? Bless them and curse them. Thank you, Jesus. It's in his word. 
Oh, what else is in this word? I'm about to tell you about yourself. Oh, uh, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Oh, that's his word. Thank you. It's amazing how if you look at his word, he will help you to realize before you start talking out of your mind, you will have peace in your mind and peace will come out. Hello. So uh, whatever is true, whatever is honorable. Whatever is honorable would definitely be of dignity or, or esteem or has respect. That Think of things that are respectable. Think about how you want to be always the one that's the truth teller. You know, when people say, I'm a truth teller, they say things that hurt you. That's when they say, well, I'll just tell the truth. No, you like to hurt people. You can tell the truth and not hurt people. I look good. No, you don't. I'm telling you the truth. No, you're not. You're giving your opinion. That's not truth. Oh, I lost somebody. Just because you don't like my suit, you don't like my hair, you don't like my clothes, you don't like my car, does not make it a fact. It makes it an opinion. And guess what? Yours don't count. Ha <laughs> ha. And so when we start looking at, at dignity and respect, we understand how to say stuff that will make you feel better about yourself. We, the body of Christ, should always be the one to make people feel better about themselves. That they should never feel, oh, I don't think I can make it to church today because so-and-so is going to talk about me. For that, every so-and-so, you should have 10, you know that's, that's going to be happy to see you. Come on, somebody. Yeah, there might be that one, but you should have 10 to make up for that one and let her know, don't worry about that one. We got your back. We love you. We care for you. We're going to encourage you. You need some help. We'll pick you up. We'll be there for you. We love you that much. I got a few claps in here. I'm, I'm, y'all must be the ones I'm talking about. <laughs> you're, you're ones that are quiet. I mean, let me see if I can come down your neighborhood. Let's continue on. What else are you not thinking about? <laughs> are you thinking about what is righteous? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. Some of us want all these other things, but we don't want righteousness. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right. Think of those things. For example, for example, check this out. Check this out. I'm going to get controversial. Y'all might get mad at me, but it's all right. Uh, you can look at court cases and you can look at the justice system and you may disagree with them, but they're right. Because that's our justice system. You may disagree with it, but hey, it was just, it was what was right. He said, what do you make? What do you, what do you say? I'm saying this, that. As many times we might see our loved ones get sentenced or those we think that deserve to get a sentence do not get sentenced, but the justice system is right. We mean, what is it right? I didn't say as it is, as it is it right and that it is all sovereign, all power, but it is right because that's how it's set up. And so when you look how things are set up, you start looking and say, okay, well, that's how it is. That's how it is. Because there's a lot of stuff that we, we don't think may be fair, but it's Right. Like, how is it fair that we have, we have minorities more in unemployment than anybody, but that's, what, but that's what's happening? And so people are looking to say, how can we make it just? Y'all see the difference? And so when you make things just, it's easier to find things and see where I see discrepancies, but yet the system is better than what it used to be. And so when you look at things, what I'm saying is that what is right, you start looking at things from a different perspective, not how I would like it to be, not how I want it to be, but is it right? And when it's right, it's easier to work because everybody's working on the same field. Some of y'all, I lost somebody. Let me give you a sport. We about the football season about to get on going. Football season about to get going. And, and we know that everybody play on the same field. 
Some fields grass is taller, some have fake grass, some, don't, some have dirt in the middle of the grass, but it's the same field. Everybody's on it, so it may not be fair, but it's right. Some might have the right cleats on, some may not have the right cleats on, but that's not their problem because they came unprepared. Everybody's playing on the same field. Let me see if I can come down somebody else's neighborhood. You both apply for the same job, but one of y'all got the job. May not be fair, but it's right. I know you ain't going home complaining. I, I, so-and-so should have got that job. No, thank you, Lord. I'm about to pay some bills. There's things that happen in our lives that we want to put ourselves into it, but yet we need to trust God and say, Lord, whatever is right, I'm okay with it because I'm trusting in you because you are righteous. You see how that removes stress from you? So you think about how you guys got to explain everything because you want to know what's going on. I say, God, I don't care. I don't know, but I trust you, so I'm going to move on. I thank God for my mom and daddy. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for this one. I said, sit down. I didn't ask where the food came from. I just thank the Lord. As <laughs> hey, long as it was there, it was right with me. <laughs> whatever is pure, whatever is holy, I like how this is right in between. Our God is holy. He declared to the children of Israel, be ye holy for I am holy. Jesus teaches and was himself for your fathers having a hold for you be holy. So we understand to be holy. And this is why we're on this series of being set apart, being dedicated, holy and designated unto God. That when we are holy, we are set apart. That think is this would be a distinct distinction between Christians and the world. I got a few amens. See, if our God is God and he is exalted above all things. And everything that he has made, he created for himself. And look at how he established creation. And yet creation was interrupted by sin. And we have death and fouls. But check this out. Check this out. That still in order for us to be in his presence, we have to be holy. And we only meet holy by his standards. And the only way that one was made holy in the Old Testament was through a sacrifice. That a blood had to be shed by the animals God chose. You couldn't just come with any animal. But the animal that he chose to be dedicated for the sacrifice. And certain sacrifices... and. Uh, were for certain sins and then one time throughout the year they had a scapegoat for the year atonement and all the sins were forgiven but the next day they had to come back with another sacrifice and God realized that this system was only temporary it was a shadow of what was to come and behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world who is Jesus and by us confessing and believing in him and the blood that was shed to redeem us makes us holy to be set apart to live a different world that's why Jesus says, Lord, they are in this world, but not of it. They are of me. So keep them. Hallelujah. You know how he said how to keep us? In his word. You see that first part? True. Keep the word in you. And when you keep the word in you, you start thinking correctly. Moving correctly. And saying, Lord, I can't put up with this stuff. I got to work here. Think about how our holiness to our God is simple to your job. If you got a job within a certain employee, you do not go to another company to log in. You've been set apart to work for that company. You can go to the other place, but they're not going to pay you. They're not going to give you leave. They might not even let you get in the building. So I'm glad you came, but you can't work here. 
But if you go to your place of employment, they'll be happy to see you. They'll write out your check. They'll help you get your job done. Some of y'all say, they don't do that in my job. I'm praying for you. But that's what should be going on. And so same thing for our God. How can we go to another place except and, and, and they be expecting benefits and support to be where we should not be when we have left our calling, our responsibilities unattended? But when we are holy, we, make, we made up our mind, Lord, I'm here to serve you, to glorify you, and be here for you. And that's what it takes us to make our bodies a what? A living Sabbath, holy and acceptable, pleasing unto you. For this is our reasonable act of worship. And, and, and we see how he will what? Transform our mind. You see that mind stuff? Our mind is a tricky trap. The enemy's trying to invade our minds to get us convinced that we can do things and not honor him. Another thing about being holiness, holiness is our relationship with God that Lord I love you enough that I want to serve you and do what you ask me to do we understand holiness that if 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 a mother a single mother raised a child and she straight trained the child to be honest be respectful and always be on time she made sacrifices sent them to school sent them to college he graduated with honors got him a good job he shows up on time he does his work and he always he's always always honest but he never calls his mom is that a good representation of how she raised him but that's what we do to god god i've done some good things but I have no relationship with you. I don't communicate to you. I don't talk to you. I don't worship you. But I got some good things. Good, good, good enough is not good. And a lot of people think as long as I'm doing some good things, I haven't lied. I haven't stolen. I haven't robbed. And some of us are saying that because we haven't got caught and we haven't done these things. And so I must be good. I want to you to understand you can be good, but good enough is not good enough because Jesus died for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's what makes us holy. So I don't want to be good. I want to be holy. So when I think about whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is holy, whatever is lovely, I like this one, lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is attractive, uh, this comes again that this is what we all can agree is beautiful. Oh, glory be to God. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard for me to find anybody who does not agree that the sun is beautiful when it rises. I, I haven't found anybody yet. Not that I've done a, a world survey, so I, I've come to assume that most people like to see the sun rise. And, and, and so it's, 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 it's that kind of a thing that whatever is attractive, was admirable, that everybody can agree that that is good. I want to tell somebody this, that sometimes we think attractiveness is, is definitely based on our own opinion, that we like some skinny, we like some small, we like some tall, we like some short, we like some however we like them. It's based on our opinion. But some things will supersede that. Going back to that good old story about this little, ki this little kid is in this, in this science lab and, and the teacher's talking about how this is this and this is that. And this, this kid gets up talking about how you're saying all these negative things about all these things and who God is not. But you, do you see my apple? You agree this is an apple, sir? Yes, I agree that's an apple. Do you agree that this is an apple? Yes, I agree with this apple. He starts biting at this apple. Can you tell me if this apple is good? He says, I do not know. You're right because you haven't tasted and seen. Some of us have not tasted and tried him ourselves to find out that he is good. And when you find out that he is good, oh, he is always attractive. Every morning you wake up, he's attractive. Every night you go to bed, he's attractive. God becomes what is attractive. And that's what draws us more than anything else. That I'm not here just because you're here. You are the cream on the, but I'm here for the chair. And that is God. I'm here because he is here. 
whatever is attractive. And then it closes out what is worthy to be praised. It is deserving of honor. These are the things that we need to dwell on. And then look at the promise that the God of peace will be with you. This promise comes to us after Paul is in the conclusion of this letter saying that after I want you to realize that I want you to have this mind of Christ, Philippians 2 and 5. He goes on to tell them that he who's begun to be early in that chapter, uh, early in that letter, he's begun a good work, will complete it until the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's pointing out that I press on towards the mark of the higher calling that is in Christ Jesus. He said, where are you getting all this? This is all in Philippians. This is all before this fourth chapter. You can read it for yourself. You'll see the truth for yourself. And he's pointing out to them that I want you to do all these things to give glory and honor unto God. And he says if you forget that, remember what you've seen in me and what you heard from me that came from him. What this is pointing out to us, that are we being good examples to those that are watching us, that if you told them, if you do what I do, mm, this will help you to draw closer unto God. Oh, glory be to God. That, that, that your children can say, I learned to follow God from my mother or from my father. Your brother or your sister say, I learned to trust in him because I've seen you how you walk. Your classmates might say, I can learn to trust in Christ because I've seen how you walk. It's amazing that if you start living a life and they start seeing it because you think, then you do. You know that's how your body works, right? Your brain thinks about it, then you do it. So you're thinking about whatever is good, whatever is virtuous, what is praiseworthy, what's worthy of excellence, what is dignity, you start doing those things and people start seeing those things and they say I want to know this God that moves you so Paul says just do what I do I, I, I showed you I showed you if you can't remember everything else I said just remember the, the living example I gave you that's why Christ came too because he gave them teaching but he said also follow my example and he goes on and says the God of peace will be with your glory be to God Isaiah 26 verse 3 says you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I believe the King James Version said, he will keep you in perfect peace as you keep your mind stayed on him. Y'all see how the difference is that when your mind is stayed on him, he'll keep you in peace. You see how our peace is not based on us, but based on him. And that's why he sent the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Y'all know who that is. That's Jesus and the Prince of Peace came so that we might know peace. And check out what he told his disciples when he came back from the resurrection. He said, peace unto you. <laughs> Letting them know that I'm right here. I am peace. I want you to go and share peace. I am the Prince of Peace. I come in peace. I come to give peace. And the peace of mind comes when we start worrying about ourselves and concentrating on him. Did, did, did you see when he said think of these things? He didn't say think about your problems. He didn't say think about your issues. Don't think about how you're going to get your next paycheck, your next raise, your next car, your next house. Just think of these things. Oh, glory be to God. Can I help somebody up if you forget anything else? Just let God be God. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked that question. Let me tell you. It means this, that he's in charge and you're not. That means he knows what's going on and you don't. And that means, guess what? He's going to take care of you. How many here have gone on an airplane or gone on a bus and you came up and told the driver how you wanted to get someplace? And if you did, I bet you didn't like the response. If God is in control, he knows where he wants us. So just sit back and enjoy the ride. 
He's going to get there. You can have peace. So when you have this mind of Christ, look what happens. Look what happens. When we have this mind of Christ, we have no room to be yoked with unbelievers because they don't have the same mind, so they're not going the same place. Mm, glory be to God. And so we'll, now we want to be yoked with fellow believers and catch this. We'll build each other up. We become stronger, and we grow closer to each other, and we're there for each other. Anybody here ever had that experience that when you were with somebody and you went through something together, you draw closer together? That's what happened every time we come together with a brother and sister Christ. We ought to worship together. And when we worship together, it gets excited that I can't wait the next time I talk to you. The next time I meet with you, I normally have somebody that's going to pray with me, somebody that's going to encourage me, that's going to give me a word of God. And that's what the brothers and sisters of Christ ought to do. We do in every other thing. In your workplace, you talk work, you talk work language, you talk sport language, your sports friends. Why don't you talk some Christian language with your Christian friend and tell them, I love you. Jesus loves you. I'm here to encourage you. Can I pray for you? What's going on? I'm here to lift you up because these are what my mind has been told to be set on things that are worthy to be praised, things of love, things of pure things of righteousness that's what it's all about I'm, 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 I'm trying to leave y'all alone but my soul just got excited because I understand the principle that God has given us that we need to forget about ourselves and think about him and it's amazing how he'll put you in positions to make a difference in somebody else's life it's not about you it's all about Jesus and so as we think about this, think about it. Remember we said that when we think about what is true, we ought to think of Jesus. Let me see. Let me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a test here. Uh, uh, brother, brother Land, I'm going to do a test here. Uh, hymn, hymn number 580. If y'all don't know the words, you could turn to hymn number 580. It says, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, today. I'm going to do a test and see if you start thinking about him. I'm going to see if there's something that gets contagious up here. I'm just, just going to do a test here. I'm going to see if you really think about him, what happens when you start thinking about him. And the song simply goes, if you know, you can, you know, you can help me out say, I love you, Lord. I'm sorry, that's wrong. So I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you care for me. 